As superhero movies are becoming mainstream entertainment at theaters around the world, comic fans also have plenty of heroic action on the small screen to keep them sated while waiting for the next blockbuster. We are in a golden age of superhero television shows, with plenty of offerings from both the Marvel and DC universes, and the trend shows no sign of slowing down. To chronicle these recent shows and even examine some of the classics, we are proud to present Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV. Hi, welcome to Weekly Heroics, another Two True Freaks Guide to Heroes on TV, or THE Heroes Guide to uh, Two True Freaks Guide to Heroes on TV. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Another daytime podcast, as you can tell us, so your brain is not working yet. <laughs> Undercaffeinated and undersleep. Uh, but um, I'm joined by my usual co-host here, hair metal hero, Chris Tyler. Hey, how's it going? I just got to get finished doing, doing my negligee fishnet dance and we'll be ready to go. <laughs> yeah, we were just gushing about uh, Iron Fist uh, just before this and, and fuck the critics. That's all we're going to say till the uh, till the round table comes out. Yeah. Um, but today we're covering Legion uh, Season 1 up to Chapter 6 out of 8, and I think we already maybe said this on the other podcast that will probably be coming out right as this one will be, um, in that Legion has been picked up for Season 2, so... More brain-bending goodness. Yes, the weirdness continues, and I'm a happy camper about that. Me too. And uh, said this is the second to last, or third to last episode of this season, and I hope they don't make us wait too long, but uh, things are definitely kind of rolling towards hopefully some kind of logical resolution uh, we kind of get a big one in this so let's yeah. jump into it um, we open in, in probably flake, fake clockwork uh, hospital again in one on one therapy sessions between psychiatrist uh, Lenny and Dr. Bird and uh, Lenny is giving her crap for hanging on to hope that her, her dead husband Oliver is coming back you know and she even references uh, you know you left his his voice on the the answering machine and, and the coffee maker, presumably. And uh, she's also giving her crap for not being able to use her own her own uh, psychiatry skills on herself, which <laughs> this reminds me a lot of a therapist I had myself. Um, not a big surprise to anyone out there that I've had some therapy, I'm sure. Uh, but I've also had some psychiatric schooling, you know, counseling schooling and stuff like that. And this one therapist I had kind of would do the same thing to me because she knew, you know, uh, my college experience and she'd be like, you know, you should have all the answers to this shit already. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, okay, you're right. So what am I paying you for? And so I stopped going. <laughs> so I'm not sure that's an, a great counseling technique, but you know. Whatever, you know, she did have a point. It's like, yeah, I just spent a lot of money and several years reading a lot of books on this shit. Why can't I figure it out myself? Because, folks, counselors are their own worst clients, <laughs> as most uh, professions. <laughs> Physician, heal thyself. Yeah, yeah, but it's because it looks good on paper, but when you're crazy, you're crazy. So, you know, what are you going to do? So anyway, Potomini is on the uh, couch next, and Lenny asks him about his mother. Classic uh, shrink move there, right? 
Yeah. Um, and we learned that she died doing the, the, the dishes or loading the dishwasher or something like that. And we get some of his backstory, assuming it's real, of course. And he was a fan of Silly Putty, weren't we all? And being able to lift the uh, comics off the old funny papers. Um, this is what us kids did pre-internet for you. Yeah, your I remember folks. Um, His memories are incredibly detailed because, duh, he's the fucking memory guy. Um, also, his mom uh, liked 99 Luff Balloons by Nana, which will most likely <laughs> be our closing song tonight. <laughs> Uh, Tommy also makes mention that he he sees himself as a time traveler, you know, because he gets to walk through uh, various stages of people's memories. But I'm thinking maybe we should remember that little thing, kids. Yeah, I don't think you stopped that line without it meaning something. Yeah. Well, the two carries are next, uh, being the codependency co-joined twins metaphor for this episode. <laughs> uh, we're, we're basically seeing uh, a whole bunch of uh, mental, you know, maladies and disorders personified uh, in these little therapy sessions. And as I said, knowing a little bit about the field, it was it was kind of a extra little Easter egg for me um, in a strange way. Uh, next comes Walter the Eye, and Lenny says that she senses hostility from the bad guy in the show. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, we get to hear more dialogue in probably two minutes from Walter than we have in the five previous episodes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So she spouts some psychobabble at him, and, and Sid is next. And Aubrey Plaza, I got to give, you know, keep referencing my schooling, I got to give her props for being, like, nailing a lot of the... the counselor nuances that you know a lot of them are cliche but a lot of them were very subtle too that not a lot of people might catch and just the the phrasing and the way she you know kind of the fake laugh to things that a client is saying that uh you know we're not really supposed to admit that we we do to our clients but we do (laughs) we fake it till we make it sometimes folks what can i tell you we're not all your best friends (laughs) We just have to kind of pretend to be for an hour at a time. (laughs) Sid is next, and she states that she feels like something is wrong and that things don't seem real somehow. And Lenny is like, yeah, time for your meds. Can't be having to figure this out. (laughs) And Sid is actually back kind of in don't touch me mode. Um, When I first went to Clockworks, I think I made mention on the last show that she was like she was wearing very loose clothing and, and very relaxed, and she's gone back to zipping everything up. Um, so I'm sure that's somewhat significant. Um, and as she's walking down uh, the hall, she sees a wooden door that seems very out of place. And she investigates, but this is... Uh, and then the PA system comes on and tells her it's drug time. Because she's being kind of meddling. Oh, yeah. And in the recreation med distribution room, uh, we learn that Amy is a nurse ratchet in this cuckoo's nest. <laughs> Uh, and doing a very good nurse ratchet, I must add. And she wants to search Sid because who wouldn't? And uh, she gives those amazing che- cheeks a nice grab before she's done. I'm jealous, Amy. Uh, next, we get to see David and Potomini playing out a, a scene from Chapter 1, basically the same scene when him and Lenny were walking, or were watching the uh, drooling guy, and yeah. Lenny was... Kind of, you know, is it yogurt? Is it clonopin? Clonopin? Yogurt yeah. and clonopin. That's right. <laughs> and the guy that's hiding in the trees is back, too. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. Um, 
Was it in that scene? I noticed it in the later scene, but I... Um, yeah, it was probably the later scene. Okay. Uh, anyway, they, they do some pontificating and, and sharing metaphors about dogs, because you got to work that in there somewhere. Uh, remind us of King, although he did not show up this episode. Uh, also, we learn that there's pie at lunch, and that Sid joins them and, and starts to tell them about the weird door, but is instantly cut off by Dr. Lenny. Uh, hmm... David is in his session and telling Lenny how well he's doing. He feels in control here, and him and Sid are doing well. And uh, we see him exercising and painting, and he starts talking about the symptoms of his uh, bipolar disorder. Mm. Hmm. Uh, he says he feels like he's found balance and doesn't want to mess it up. And in the in the cafeteria, Nurse Amy Ratchet comes by and, and takes David's pie for some reason as punishment, and won't even let Sid share hers with him. No pie for you. No, and David sulks because no pie. It was cherry pie too, and it looked damn delicious. Yes, and until we realize until. that there's hallucinations involved in this pie, because uh, Sid is eating hers and she notices the bugs on her pie. Yeah, the same bugs from uh, the bowl of strawberries, strawberries. a couple episodes ago. Mm-hmm. And suddenly Lenny's face is in the pie, and we, we break into a trippy, sultry, James Bondish dancing montage of memories from the last five chapters. And yeah. uh, I can't adequately adequately express how moving Aubrey Plaza's dancing was in this scene. That is to say, parts of me might have moved. I, I think it moved. Yes, I think it moved. <laughs> um, it's very, yes. Well, uh, this scene did help bring into focus... A big thematic thing for me, which I'm sure we'll get to. Oh, shoot, if you want. I mean, we're on the dance. Okay. Um, so, this head version of Lenny is playing through all the stuff that's happened in David's life so far. Uh, and it's pretty much made evident that it's one of the head personalities just taking control and having a hell of a time just going through everything that's happened in David's life. Yeah. It's uh, just just that show of a, assertion of I'm the one that's in charge now in David's head. Yeah, and, and probably have been many times throughout his life, presumably. Yeah, you know? but this one is just the, the pure glee of I can go anywhere I want in his head, and yeah. I'm in control. And you can see it on her face as she's dancing around. Yeah, David's been her, her personal little amusement park, you know, for, for 30 years now. Um, Sid is having a... Uh, oh, wait. Uh, yeah, anyway, she gets done dancing. It, aw, and goes back into the halls, blowing Sid a kiss as she passes her room. And Sid is having a dream montage of early events, uh, including our yellow-eyed friend, sexy yeah. white room time with David, yeah. and, and the mysterious door. And the, the gun being fired in the attack on Division 3 is a recurring image in this episode, and we're pretty much being led to believe that, you know, that is happening in reality. Yeah, real time. One level of it. And we are here with David, you know, in his astral plane cro- construct that he presumably dragged everybody into. And David comes into Sid's room, mirroring the first uh, sleeping together scene, uh, quote-unquote, on that, uh, that they had in the first chapter with David rocking the big divider pillow this time. Yeah. And strangely enough, uh, Sid says that she's been having something like deja vu, which is pretty much every episode in this (laughs) show. Um, 
They talk about getting better and getting out, but he, he he seems comfortable with staying there because yeah. Dr. Lenny has kind of been convincing him that not everyone is cut out for real life, you know, which leads me to believe that she's convincing, you know, David's consciousness to, to just Stay ah, down. Okay, let me drive for the rest of your life. You know, yep. I'm going to do better things with your body than, than you have so far. Uh, the carries are playing checkers and reciting various drug names to exercise their minds. Yeah. <laughs> I recognize and have been on several of those. Um, Sid is off exploring. Abilify um, is a fun one. Um, Melanie is admiring the blue sky. And Sid comes in and tells them about her dream, which is uh, the throwing guy shooting them in quote-unquote reality, of course. Male Carrie dreamed of a giant ice cube, of course. Mm. Uh, Melanie dreams of love, and Sid asks if they've seen Schrodinger's door. <laughs> door that is there and not there. Not there, yes. Um, Carries walk to their prospective rooms together, and Male Carrie does the never-ending uh, handkerchief magic trick, which is yeah. rain- rainbow mm-hmm. handkerchiefs. Um, to go with our rainbow connection last episode. Uh, he goes to the bathroom, leaving female Carrie to be leered at by creepy eye guy. And he's a good leerer. Let's let's put it out there. He, he's he got the leer thing down. Yeah, I just uh, realized, uh, finally, he was one of the Lex Luthor clones from Smallville. Really? Huh. Yeah. Nice. And he was also in uh, Man of Steel. He's one of the Kryptonians that's on the... Um, oh, really? The, sh- the ship that escaped from the uh, Phantom Zone. Awesome. Yeah. Great. But he's usually bald. So. There's just like a superhero actor union out there or something, and they just keep, hey, superhero job, superhero job, and yeah. like, hey, man, that's, they bring it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the carry's up part, and he tells her that if she gets scared to knock three times on the wall if you need me. <laughs> And he goes to sleep. Uh, he dreams of the ice ball, which is now hovering over his head. And he reaches for it and is suddenly in a trippy astral forest with Oliver the Diver beckoning to him. Mm-hmm. And he also suddenly also has all the bruise, bruises back that he had yeah. to uh, absorbing carry. That was interesting. Uh, in reality, I had to actually go back and check that. I'm like, did he? Like, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, no, he was, he was <laughs> banged up yep. once they reincorporated. But Which says he uh, still was. I mean that that kind of shows us the delineation of he's back in regular reality, maybe because in the Division Three fight he popped in and still had all the bruises and everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, who knows what Walter's part to play in, in this is at this point too. Yeah, yep. So David and Sid are hanging out, and she starts telling him about the door. And he's he's an artist now. He's painting various pictures of her, presumably. Although the one kind of looked like Amy. Um, and she starts, yeah, telling him about the door, and she has it all pretty much figured out um, as far as what's going on in their current reality, I think. But David is just like, that's just your illness. And apparently in this hospital, Sid's thing is not being not touched. Um, no. Um, she's, she's the one that's schizophrenic, and David is bipolar, and this is clearly not jiving with what Sid thinks reality is supposed to be. Yeah. And confused, she leaves. Very upset, she leaves mm-hmm. as well. <laughs> and she sees, uh, and she tries to tell David, it's like, no, you're the one that's nuts, you know, I'm just the... the, the Fucking don't touch me, girl. But he's like, no, you're the one that sees shit. 
so she goes out and sees shit. She sees a weird throbbing spot in the wall and touches it, and it starts bleeding. And uh, this was a worthy of a Cronenberg movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> live the new flesh. And uh, she flashes back to various scenes, including Lenny in the wall and, and yeah. the shooting again. And, of course, Lenny is, she's standing right behind me, isn't she? Is right behind her, and Lenny tells her that she's going to try some music therapy on her and kind of just slaps some headphones on her. And it's the sound of crickets. See, this is when it would have been opportune for you to be next to your window. Sorry, man. <laughs> you can't plan these things. And it uh, calms Sid, sending her into some trippy cinematography and up into her bed, presumably. Uh, Ptomini is dreaming of the day his mother died, um, and he kind of views that as, as an adult in his dream. A uh, female Carrie awakens with a jolt and knocks on the wall, but no response, and she uh, finds that the other Carrie is gone, and creepy Walter is standing there, quoting Little Red Riding Hood. And that yeah, a well. little bit of an opposite of Red Riding Hood, though. Yeah, yeah. And he asks her if uh, she's ever eaten an animal that's still living, and unsurprisingly, she runs. <laughs> from yeah. That particular line of questioning, because <laughs> that can go nowhere good. No. <laughs> David is roaming the halls and he sees the strange door and Nurse Amy Ratchet comes out to tell him that nobody loves him and he makes them feel like puking, which she nearly does. Some really oh, yeah. good gagging good. going on by that actress. Missed opportunity for projectile vomiting here, but I just I'll always fall <laughs> to the side of projectile vomiting if there's ever an opportunity for it. <laughs> but I'll book it. Um, Melanie is tending to a miniature garden and the weird guy in the tree is back in the background um, I really hope we get his story someday it's really starting to bug me uh, Oliver the diver shows up to her room and gathers her to his ice cube and on her way there Melanie walks through the frozen scene of the shooting and, and she attempts yeah. to do a little quicksilver stuff but yeah, she's unable to affect any change no he tries to do the bullet, you know, move the bullets, and, and it burns push, uh, him, yeah. you know, David and Sid up. But so, uh, yeah, a pair of dark eyes then show up on the wall. Aubrey Plaza's eyes, I'm assuming, uh, unnoticed by Doctor Bird. David goes to Doctor Lenny's office looking for Sid, and Lenny says uh, she's not the right girl for you, and dashes all his hopes about love. Uh, on the rocks, informing him that love is just a chemical and that his love is just an ant fungus or something to that effect. Yeah, that's a story about that's a real fungus, too, and that yeah, is I'm absolutely sure. petrifying if you ever watched a documentary about it. I, I, I never, just from the brief flashes. Don't, don't. No, I, if, it, if that bothered you, don't watch any more about yeah, it because no, it will I'm, freak you out. I'm convinced that would not be a good thing for my psyche. Uh, but hats off to the fucking writers for finding that one, man. That That's some good shit right there. That's some terrifying shit. Yeah. And, you know, if you're going to do metaphor and analogy, you might as well make it terrifying. Uh, she also runs her fingers through his hair, and a nice nod to Legion's do in the comics, I thought. You know, he <laughs> quite got the smokestack thing going on there. Yeah, the kitten but... play? Got the kitten <laughs> play going? Yeah. <laughs> Lenny is getting more evil as the time goes on. Uh, she says, what is the point of life? All of you running around trying to be happy. Uh, clearly not thinking that she's part of this whole little ecosystem. She says God is all that matters and power is all that matters and, and puts her, you know, puts her shoe right on uh, David's dick to drive home her point. 
Mm. There ain't much more power anyone has over a man than in that position. Um, she says, Walter understands, and we see creepy eye guy stalking Carrie. And then we get the bomb, kids. Lenny tells David that she knew his real father, a yeah. self-righteous asshole who gave his only son away to hide from her. But uh, she found him, and she's known him since the womb. And, of course, she turns into the yellow-eyed dude for a second. Uh, and she pretty much gives him the I am the Shadow King exposition. Doesn't come right out and drop it, but it's there. Um, and they've known each other from the womb, of course. She starts grinding on him. And the last scene is David spinning away in a coffin-shaped box, kind of, and Sid sleeping with her headphones on, being woke up by now Carrie in the diver suit, so... Yeah. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah, just, and, um, from that point on, as usual with this show. But, uh, yeah. I think we're getting some definite confirmation. I mean, there is, uh, there's a promo clip out there, which I don't think is, it wasn't released here. Um, uh, I don't know. Let me check YouTube real quick, or I'll post it in the, uh, uh, there's a promo out there for the next episode where the words Amal Farouk and the Shadow King are both fucking said out loud. Okay. So, I mean, spoilers. Uh, but I think yeah. we, we can pat ourselves on the back a little bit for having called that one pretty much right off the bat. You know, yeah. They want to pull the rug out from under us and be like, ah, fuck you, X Men fans. Which is possible with this show. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> it not going to change how good it is. No, uh, it would be completely in, in step with this show. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, you think you know what's going on, huh? You know, yeah, but it's, you it's definitely. Bake your noodle. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it's kind of. It's, it's kind of cementing the fact that, all right, for a while now, we've had an idea that. There's more going on in David's head than just him being schizophrenic or something. It's definitely clear that this Paris, like now they've said it, he's a Paris. Like, yeah, this parasite has had control, or has been trying to have complete control for thirty years, and he just wants David to submit so that he can just use, like you said, just use the the, <laughs> the body for its own ends. But. Uh, <sighs> It takes anytime they do a reveal in this show. It takes a little while to get there because it wants to give you all the crazy first. I'm not complaining about it. I, oh no, it, man. it's. I mean, it's a, it's a slower burn than some of the other shows that are on, but I, I mean that's kind of the whole point, isn't it? You're supposed to be questioning every everything that happens. Yeah. yeah, and it's not like betraying the the artistic integrity of the show or anything to to do a Nate that. Either they're going to really twist things around and, and make, like, Oliver's dad, which I think is a valid possibility. Um, you know, if, if for some legal reason they can't name drop Charles Xavier, uh, but I can't see that they, they won't at this point. I mean, they're the ones marketing themselves as an X-Men show. Yeah. Shadow King is a pretty damn good way to tie you to the X-Men universe. Yeah, because, I mean, he was a part of the X-Men lore even before the, the Legion stuff, right? Oh, they're, yeah, that's like yeah. mining the oldest, you know, Xavier lore there is. That's where he, you know, that was kind of the same. That uh, In a lot of kind of, well, the, the original continuity and when, like, Cockerman Claremont took over, that was 
Although I think that one they did Psy War, I think was a burn issue. Well, that whole run, I basically. So it's been it's been since the the relaunch of X Men with Giant Size number one. Yeah. And I've read and I've read a ton of that run. I haven't quite gotten to when Claremont stepped off the book, but I mean I've read you know over probably over a hundred issues. Yeah, I think it was one thirteen or something like that. Okay. Uh, so I probably have read it, and I just I just don't remember it. Yeah, and it was literally like this is Xavier's origin finally, and you know he's still walking and and you know before Magneto, oh, okay, and Lucifer so even before yeah. even Lucifer, okay, yeah. So I mean, the Shadow King has always kind of been at least in that six one six continuity, whatever state it's in. I'm sure they've retconned it somehow by now, but um, that you know the for Amul uh, Farouk was basically his inspiration for for starting the X-Men, that he was, like, the first evil mutant that Charles ever met. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't remember that at all. So re- that's pretty freaking huge. And as I've said on this podcast, I think this one, this adaptation is, is going to be actually closer to the book continuity than anything we've ever seen on screen from the X-Men to an extent, and I'm very okay with that. Cause... Yeah, well, I, I, I'm okay with the X franchise as a whole in general, too. I, I, I'm a, I'm a big apologist even for some of the more the, some of the installments that people do not like. Uh, yeah, anyone that's listening to me knows I'm a grump about it, though, so I mean... <laughs> There's gotta be at least one person that's like... You know, such a Claremont disciple, I guess, that we don't like some of the. the oh yeah, and you know what? It would be if you're going to have a show on for ten years with a rotating cast and just take the Claremont scripts and adapt them. That's fine, but that's never what we're going to get. It's just not going to happen. So you just have to pick and choose what you want to take from everything. I think now would be the opportune time to like somehow introduce Xavier on the friggin' small screen. Yeah, he's essentially done. You know, at least the older one. I think we'll have to wait for a full course reboot, which I don't think is going to happen until they stop making uh, Deadpool, X Force, New Mutants movies, which is probably not going to be for a while because Fox does not want to give up that franchise money. No, no, that's still. But you know, I mean, like the CW has proven that it can can kind of live in both worlds and borrow from. It can if your worlds. intention at the start is to say, "Hey, these are going to be completely separate things." Yeah, I just don't, I just don't see Fox doing that, unfortunately. Well, like I said I think at this point you have to at least name drop Xavier and the X Men if you're going to market yourself that way. Otherwise, well, otherwise none of this has any impact beyond what people, you know. Said anybody who doesn't know anything about like the X Men is probably having a really good time with this show, but they well, that's the thing is it, is it really going to change people's enjoyment if they mention the X? Say, is if they mention Charles Xavier and that's it, they mention his dad's name one time and that's the end of it, yeah. I mean, it'll be enough for people like us and for people that don't care about the X Men that are just watching this for its own thing, they're not going to care anyway. Right, but I mean, they also have to somehow have some kind of narrative structure. If if this ends up mostly being in David's head at the end of the season, then they they still need some kind of external shit going on. I think they'll probably wrap up the the Shadow King stuff this season. I don't know. If, I don't think they'll continue with it because that would they have to resolve it somehow. Or because uh, I imagine they've all been made without the knowledge of having a second. Yeah, getting season a second season, yeah. 
I don't know. I mean, there's plenty of other places they can go. I mean, they can start just creating stories from whole cloth once they get this foundation down, too. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what other... That's a, kind of psychic. always what I've wanted from the X-Men. Is like I actually like the movies. That's uh, so I think I like the, the first two the best just because that they weren't trying to be direct adaptations of any particular storyline. No. And they didn't over stuff it with like tidbits from several different storylines, Batman versus Superman. Um, yeah. Well, so I mean, I mean, I'll even put three in there. I, I, I thought three was a logical continuation of what they did with the first two. It was, uh, but they, it was too overstuffed. They tried to juggle too many. They should have either gone with just Dark Phoenix or just gifted, you know. Yeah, it's it is overstuffed, but I mean, thematically, it, it still works with. If you you know, you could it watch. Have been it. really brilliant if they just stuck to one of those things. Yeah, and of, they had set up both dominoes, but why couldn't you do gifted first and deal with the whole, you know, rogue and you know, should we keep our powers or not, or you know, fight for against this cure or not, and then done, you know, they probably should have done Dark Phoenix first because they kind of set that up in in two. Yeah, I mean, there was, there was definitely some stuff, yeah, definitely some stuff that was a letdown in it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think if you were going to watch a trilogy of X-Men movies, you could watch X-Men 1, 2, and 3 and you're going to get, you know, a pretty cohesive narrative. Yeah. You know, it has, you could watch that divorced of anything else and get a, a beginning, a middle, and an end for essentially those characters for most of them but this is uh this is not the movies this is its own animal and it uh continues to make me scratch my head and go yeah in the best possible way we're still getting a little too much like past memory past scene regurgitation that's still my only sticking point with this one i don't think they need to use it as much as they do um I guess it's important to see people like Dr. Lenny slash Shadow King slash whatever. Uh, you know, that that scene was important. And, you know, why not do it with a dance number and, and James Bond effects? And that was just like... <laughs> yeah. You know, if you can do exposition and make it like that, man, that, that makes it a lot, lot easier to to digest sometimes and just people sitting in a room talking to each other. Well, that's the thing. This show is definitely more of a drama than any sort of sci-fi action Mm. thing. It's a very talky show, but it's always, it's, it always ends up being interesting. I mean, you really, as concrete as in terms of what we've been given so far, it's not exactly super concrete, but it's just, from where it started to where it is now at least it seems like we have an idea of what the narrative thread is finally right with a couple episodes left to go so is that i still think it could be some inception thing in that everything that's happened you know like the the throwing guy shooting which looks like it's going to mostly hit sid um, yeah if I don't end up having to restart that scene, I think they could possibly go that way. Um, but that could still be just a layer of the inception and in that all of these people we've met, I still think there's a really good chance that they're all 
They're all David's personalities. Yeah, I mean that's certainly possible too. That are warring for control or balance within him, and all fighting against the Shadow King essentially for for control of, of David's body. You know, at least he'll still be fucked up when they get rid of the Shadow King, but <laughs> at least that one will be gone, and then they can work on the other stuff. Um, <laughs> Particularly with Potomini, you know, calling himself a time traveler, because that does end up being one of Legion's powers, you know, in the books, and it's it's always a specific personality that has a specific power, you know, in the books for him. So, uh, you know, and just the very specific one-on-one therapy sessions in this, I think, might be setting us up for that. That it's like, okay, you know, the, the two Every- carry, the two carries are his duplication power that Murph pointed out like a couple episodes ago. Yeah, and um, you know, Melanie's obviously got some psychic power stuff going on, and and Sid's got the whole switch bodies thing, and so I, I think that is maybe setting us up that for the fact that these guys are all you know, his his personality, but as I said, going forward, you, I don't think you can use that for an entire second season, too. No, no, I guess I'm I wouldn't be surprised at this point if that Shadow King resolution does come to pass, and then David opens his eyes, and he's right back at clockworks, like nothing's happened for the last six episodes, other than the fact that he's expunged that part. Yeah, and, and aware of what he is, maybe, you know, because that's kind of been the the whole point of everything he's gone through is for him to become aware of his powers and, you know, his his control over them. So, I mean, that would be a very logical end to it and uh, also a very ambiguous end. Then you can actually introduce external forces if you want to go that way. And hopefully they'll employ all these fine actors to still stick around and pop up in his head and talk to him, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) I don't think you can... I mean, you almost have to kind of... If you're going to make him... Make all these people his personalities and then integrate them, you almost have to wipe the slate clean, but... um, I hope they don't, because, man, we're getting some awesome performances out of people on this. I don't know more I had to say, except we need more Dancing Aubrey Plaza. Uh, we definitely need more of that, uh, or some dancing more Sid's Sid. butt cheeks, um, or women grabbing Sid's butt cheeks would also do. We're gonna get labeled as a very sexist show. We are, you know. I, I'm not. Yeah, we do well, probably. But <laughs> and to be fair, I have said Luke Cage was a good-looking man, so whatever. Yeah, I, I think we're pretty equal opportunity around here. Um, <laughs> Yeah, um, so apologize for our biological urges. I don't think that necessarily makes us sexist. No, the best the best part of this show though isn't the isn't the eye candy. It's the no. crazy candy because there's, there's a eye candy, but of a different sort. Yeah, it's uh, it's still like nothing else that's on. Kind TV. you get when you take LSD candy. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> I, I don't do any sort of narcotics or any sort of drugs. Uh, I don't. I have in copious amounts, so you can take my word for it. Yeah, I don't, don't feel like I need to after watching some of these episodes man this is you know what i binge watching this once it's all done i'm sure is going to be a much different experience because it seems like it's just that crazy train it's just you just jump out this show does not care what you think you're either along for the crazy or you've already tuned off and it's like that's fine it's not for everybody um the fact that the narrative is sort of solidifying 
um, and it's not taking as long to do so as some other shows, which is fine. Um, and again, they don't have as much time to do it. Uh, I just, I'm really curious to see what these last two episodes are going to be because at least now David at least knows what's going on in his own head. The fact that one of his own personalities is directly saying stuff to him. It's not just the head Lenny saying, yeah, you know, we're all a part of this. It's the parasite saying, stay the fuck down because yeah, yeah. I'm around and this is, I, I, I'd rather do this with you, but I'll do it without you if I need to. Yeah. Uh, brilliant. Yeah. And it said right in line with the books and what like the shadow King would do, you know, it just take over a person. But if they've got, cool powers he can use he's definitely gonna figure out how to utilize those too yeah maybe they'll hold that for the second season i mean we've seen uh some i mean really we've only seen some like mind a little bit of mind control and i guess some teleportation right yeah i mean well and i think it was even kind of explicitly stated by carrie male carrie in this show in that you know the the shadow king doesn't really have that many powers himself but david has all the powers. A legion of them, yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's flat-out teleported. You know, he's shown, like, super telekinesis and blowing people up and obviously being able to, like, liquefy walls and or teleporting people into walls. I'm not sure how he's really going about that. I a, don't know either. <laughs> comic science way, but it's pretty goddamn cool anyway. And so, yeah, I think that that's why, I mean, I think the Shadow King, you know, if you go by somewhat of the books, the Shadow King, after Xavier supposedly destroyed him the first time, you know, was, was lurking around out there on the astral plane, and, you know, and he kind of zeroed in on Xavier in order to, to get his revenge, he figured the best way to do it was take over Xavier's kid, you know, and that he also knew he'd probably have a pretty powerful shell to, to ride around in if that was the case so so there's obviously like the revenge thing going on here too which I'm sure they're going to have to fill in that gap they can't just drop us off at I knew your real daddy and yeah. you know, he tried to hide you from me but you know why the hell would I try to you know fuck up his life by taking you over if there wasn't a grudge going on so I think we need to hear about the grudge somehow yeah, um, there's got to be some motivations for this. Um, yeah, and you know what? They might uh, also they don't might not even need to say Xavier, but they could just have a young bald guy, and you know, it's like this is your dad, blah blah blah. You know, you never know. You, you could do the whole scene from the comics, like you could, yeah, kind of yeah. shadow or over his shoulder or something like that. I want to see Lucifer at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Much more broad than ever see. Oh, that'd be great, but I mean that do, that didn't even play into the to the movies. The Farouk, yeah, yeah. I know. I'm just saying in general the whole X Men thing, but we know we know that Magneto accidentally crippled Charles. That that's the movie version. Yeah, yeah. Um, I still want to see Rock Slide. <laughs> I still want to see a real version of Juggernaut. I still, I don't know what they're doing with this. I don't know where. I've read a couple more things of newsworthy note on the the upcoming X Men season. Uh, or yeah, series. I have no idea what's going on with that other than they cast Jamie Chung, who I'm mad. Oh, they've got Th- Thunderbird is going to be a character. Oh, sweet! Yeah, um, either Thunderbird or Warpath, and that maybe they called him Warpath. Um, I'm not sure. 
uh, the blink, and uh, I read something the effect the other day that someone had seen some props with like sentinel maintenance people, you know, okay. like uniforms and stuff. So it looks like they're going kind of days of future past, you know, crap you okay. with that. Uh, I'd be very okay with that. Yeah, yeah, I would too. Why not? Um, with it? Especially, man, that would be an awesome way for them to tie into if you're going to show like. You know, Blink's story, um, you could lead that right up to Days of Future Past if you had to. Yeah, they'll never do it, though. Yeah, but, I mean, it's it's you can do... I, I think things get messier when you try to do direct ties. I mean, I think, like, the movie Logan showed us that if you do these very nebulous, ambiguous ties to things, it almost feels like it fits better. You know, you don't have to explicitly say this is it because you can't fucking do that with any x-men timeline anyway you can't say this is happening now this is happening after this before this <laughs> so you just kind of have to float everything out there yeah uh, but i'm always happy when a logical or accidental you know continuity nod happens particularly when it's nods back to my favorite runs um as I said, I think this one does more than a lot of them, even though it's literally only two characters in this show that have ever been mentioned in the comics. You know, yeah. everyone else is a completely kind of original creation, and even if they're going to be analogs for, like, his different personalities in the comics. You know, we haven't specifically got a Cindy or a Jack Wayne or um, whatever the terrorist guy's name was. Uh Jamail or something like that that he absorbed, you know, like his first three main personalities in his in Legion's early stories. Mm. Um, you know, you could say Sin is Cindy, you know, if you want to go there, but I don't think it's going to be quite that simple. So. Yeah, I just have to, I'll just have to buckle up and see what the last two episodes have in store for us. Then I had our, our buddy Aaron Henley. You know, he's like, oh, you know, there's like a, a Legion series, and I, I haven't read, as I said, anything really past what. Sinkevitz did with him in X-Men and and those peripheral stories and, and like X-Factor and stuff and New Mutants. Um, and I don't think I want to. I don't think I want to know anymore. Uh, I almost kicked myself when I when we were doing the Preacher cast and, and I went back and read all of Preacher because I'm almost like I should have kind of just let the <laughs> show be what it is and now I'm going to nitpick everything. Uh, I think it's going to start hewing a little closer to the Oh, printed yeah. material oh, yeah. now that the first season is out of the way. Very much looking forward to that. Yep. Sounds like they've cast a lot of the main main characters already as far as uh, people we know from the comics. So. Yeah. Her star in particular. Uh, what's his name, right? Hair star? Hair star, yes. Yeah. Nope. So... But this one, man, what do we got? Two episodes left this Just season. Left. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, so you got to think things are going to start <laughs> rolling along. Um, obviously, uh, Oliver, I think, is his gathering. He's yanked a couple people out of uh, out of whatever dream state construct that David's built. Um, or at least dragged their minds out of it, because presumably they're all still in the same room with David getting shot at. Yeah, um, but apparently he's at least rescued their psyches, and, and they're going to mount their assault on Shadow King and rescue David's consciousness from himself for whatever the fuck is going on. <laughs> yeah, 
I'm in for the rest of the ride. And yeah, me too. You guys are too. Still love to hear some feedback on this one. Um, hopefully, we're gonna have Murph back to do a couple more of these. Yeah, if you have uh, feedback, send it to Weekly Heroics at yahoo.com. That's the one, and uh, we'll be happy to uh, read it on the air and uh, follow up with you. And we're gonna be organizing that uh, Iron Fist thing real soon, so we'll have that out for you in a couple weeks. And um, I have to get my ass producing the Agents of Shield one that we just uh, produced. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not Stick exactly that. hitting the weekly mark on all these. That's all right. Well, we, I mean, the we shows the Legion we, ones. The shows we watch are weekly. Yeah. So there you go. So yeah, I don't think we could be, you know taking a task for that we're not you know no better business bureau letters or anything folks because we're not a business really <laughs> for one and uh, if we've made any promises that we're not keeping then just talk that up to i'm generally a fuck up in my life and you shouldn't trust me at all so <laughs> oh, he's got the parasite he's got the, he's got the shadow king i do in i have not always been driving my own bus <laughs> <laughs> Jesus takes the wheel every now and then. Uh, for somebody. Jesus, uh, yeah. Maybe Jesus on The Walking Dead. I wish. All right. That's uh, another weekly heroic. Anything more, man? I mean, just... No, it's just... The show is just so goddamn weird. It's hard to have a continued... I think it'll be easier once once we do a wrap-up show on the whole eight episodes. It's just the yeah. piecemeal nature of it and the schizophrenic nature of the narrative is... Well, this is... I was complaining about, you know, the memory flashbacks, but, I mean, this is... I guess it's almost kind of necessary. It's helpful, because this is kind of like the movie Memento. It's, it's like the resolution, whatever it's going to end up being... You know, or like The Sixth Sense, or, you know, movies like that with the big twist, and, and you should have seen all these clues in the beginning. And, and when we know the resolution, we're going to go back and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, well, fuck yeah, oh, yeah. You know, and God bless any writers that can juggle that many balls and, and make that make sense at the end of the day, because Lost sure as fuck couldn't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and a couple other shows of not quite as bad as Lost, so I, the, the, they lead lead the pack still in, in fucking over their audience in my opinion um, <laughs> but uh, yeah this one's gonna make the earlier episodes make a fuck of a lot more sense uh, once we get to the end of these I think yeah. I, I'm okay with that man that's how you keep people watching your show too that's right um, so yeah we'll be back next week bye kids bye and here's where we're here, the lovely tunes of Nana and 99 Love Poems. The German version, of course. Oh, yeah. I can deal with it, folks. Of course the German version. Yeah. It's the happiest song ever written about an accident causing nuclear war. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just, yeah, it's a lot more cheery in, in German because you don't understand that you're talking about the end of humanity. <laughs> yeah.
Sue.